Welcome to the Bar Variations Podcast. Go behind the bar with me, your host, Michelle Duvall, as I interview leaders in the bar industry. We'll talk about how bar impacts their lives, what's inspiring them today, and take the conversations that usually stay in the studio out into the community. Grab a seat because there's plenty of room at the bar. Want a one-stop shop for all your bar needs? Over the past few years, Bar Where You Are has continued to evolve to offer something for every bar enthusiast out there. Through their ever-growing on-demand workout library, weekly live stream options, small in-person classes, and multiple instructor trainings and workshops, Bar Where You Are strives to deliver joy, accessibility, and a sense of community. Oh, and did I mention their super cute bar swag for all you bar babes? Head over to www.barwhereyouaresc.com to check out all they have going on and use promo code BVBWYA for 10% off. If you're a certified hashtag bar addict like I am, then you can definitely appreciate a bar-inspired graphic tank top or sweatshirt. Good news for those of us who can't get enough, Bar Goods Co. has apparel designed for and inspired by Bar. And if you need that extra little bit of motivation to get yourself to class, you'll be happy to know they use only the softest fabrics available to help you express your love of the bar world. Check out their go-to line of screen-printed goodies including workout tops, sweatshirts, and even infant onesies for bar addicts in training. Plus, they've recently introduced digital products including creative resources for bar professionals and studio owners to take the guesswork out of what to post online so you can spend more time managing your business and less time worrying about what you're going to post on Instagram. And guess what? Listeners of the Bar Variations podcast can use the code VARIATIONS25 to take 25% off their first order. That's code VARIATIONS25 in all lowercase letters. Visit bargoods.com now to start shopping. Are you a social bar butterfly or just getting started in bar fitness? Do you want to feel good and look good during your sweat session? If the answer is yes, you must visit fitforbar.com and shop their exclusive activewear and athleisure styles designed for your bar workout and beyond. From hats to bar socks and everything in between, each piece from this female-owned boutique has been bar-tested and approved from the best in the business. And with free domestic shipping, easy returns, and a buy-now-pay-later option, fitforbar.com provides an online shopping experience fit for a bar queen. So go ahead and treat yourself to some new apparel from fitforbar.com. You deserve it. Happy shopping. All right, Bar Variations podcast listeners, I've got a great exclusive deal for you. I know one thing for sure, and that's that we all have too many grippy socks in our closet, but we can't get enough. So (laughs) the Point Studio has offered you, the listeners, a discount on their amazing grippy socks. They're the next best thing from being barefoot. You get 15% off your order with the code BAR VARIATIONS. That's code BAR VARIATIONS, all one word, to receive 15% off your next purchase at pointstudio.com.
Hi listeners, here with Natalie Muse, owner of Energy Bar Body Studio and Application. Welcome to the podcast, Natalie. I'm so Hi happy to guys. Have you here. Hi Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Yes. Hello Natalie, everyone. I know. Natalie and I connected through Instagram. That's like my MO. I connect with everybody through social media and we got to meet a year ago since recording this and I'll be so sad. I, it's probably going to be like almost another year by the time I see you again, but she's based in London. She's amazing. She's the sweetest. And um, before we kind of came to see me last year, I did. And I you know. Had, and you had baby in the tummy and you were so beautiful. I it, loved it. It was my last trip. I'm so happy uh-huh. I did it. It was my last trip before having my son. I was uber, uber pregnant. <laughs> You know, I keep getting pictures on my phone. You know, they show you memories. And I I saw the the latest memories that's in December. And that was our class that we taught at the studio. And it's so lovely. Totally. Everybody's always says like, oh, do it. You know, before you have the baby, do this before you have the baby. I'm so happy I did it. Yeah. And you didn't know what was coming as well. No. Can you imagine? And then we locked down and I'm like, okay, like, yes. Like, I'm so because I do have family members and friends mm. that were like, oh, I'll wait to go see so-and-so. I'm going to just wait to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm at least grateful I did mm-hmm. something. And then, you know, to be locked down now, we're going into like month number One 10. of the lessons of this uh, situation is to always do the things you want to do when you want to do them and not push them back too far because, you know, life happens and things happen. So hundred yeah. percent. And you at the time were working on the app. So good foresight. I mean, I was, before yes. We dive into that. Um, can you share with the listeners how you got your start in movement? Wow. Okay. Um, I, so yeah, I'm 40, so you have to really go back. A long time we're taking now. it back. We, I like to start, I like, let's take it I back. I was born and yeah. my mother put me in dance. <laughs> yeah. My mother back. put me in dance class when I was three, yeah. um, in France. And I was like every little girl. I loved it. You know, maybe not every little girl, but most little girls, they love dancing and the music and the, the little ribbons and everything. So I kept doing this every year and kept going to um, dance school. And I loved it so much that I asked to do it more and more and more. And um, and then uh, my mom saw that I was doing I was doing pretty good. I was doing good at school, which was a very important thing for my mom. I had to do good at school to allow me to do anything else on the side so good motivator um, right like it's like it is do this i know you right have the fun yeah on the other end. definitely <laughs> i keep that going with my own children actually um so yeah and then there was that um exam for the conservatoire rosalie hightower in the south of france where i was living and then i started there so basically you would uh study go to school in the morning and then go and dance uh, from lunchtime to the evening, it was just dancing, different different classes, different dance classes, and um, and rehearsal, and we were working on shows and things like that. So that was yeah, from a quite uh, from the age of nine, um, it was yeah, pretty the conservatory intense. Experience it is intense experience. Like conservat- mm-hmm. like I went to a conservatory masked by a university it was it was a university but it was also it was more conservatory where you know Mm -hmm. from the time you got up you're in class you're in rehearsals you're creating like everything was revolved around dance and dance education um 
And what was that it's like? Wonderful. Did you live at the conservatoire? Or so I was one of the uh, one of the few girls not living there because I was basically yeah my our house was not too far, but um, or most of my friends were sleeping and just having that experience which I was quite jealous about for a while because, you know, they would meet after dinner and then they would go. They were not allowed in the studio, but they could talk and yeah, but um, it was, we were a few of, few of us not sleeping there. And it was, um, it was, yeah, it was what it was. But to be honest, we were rehearsing until 10 p.m. It's good to most, have separation, right? Like I, it was hard for me at college to not have, I always liked my, I loved my dance life. And then I liked my other part of my life because it was, mm -hmm. I could escape to either one, right? It was something like I could hold precious on one side and then have a little bit yeah. of um, reprieve because when you're so passionate about something you do, it's like, it becomes a little bit obsessive as well. All we it do becomes all very we obsessive. Yes, and then very to much. Not, to not have that sorry, break sorry, at the go. end of the day. And then you're talking yes. about rehearsal or you're talking about, what you did in class or what so-and-so did in class becomes like very it does and I agree with this and I think when some girls you know not everyone keeps dancing at some point but quite a few girls actually stop and um it's kind of they're coming out of this bubble they were in a bubble and the yeah the, the explosion is real I mean they just go crazy because they never experienced most, most of the things that uh, teenagers or uh, young people experience so they just discover everything that happened to me even though I was not sleeping there I was such in a bubble that when I stopped dancing it was like whoa let's yeah, do the, this there is like that um you know I only experienced it through friends going to like preparatory school and stuff like that and yeah you become very independent in one way and very self-sufficient and then very isolated and naive equally very on naive on some things you've never exactly and yeah it's when you go to like a discotheque and a bar and it's everything has to, no but you know it's totally. it's true I think it's some of the things some of um actually most dancers they're quite wild when they go out because it's not their no life and it's very they're strict. restricting themselves so much right it's the strict lifestyle of you know, what you're eating, you're sleeping, mm -hmm. like you're so regimented. That's something like most adults don't have, right? It's such a regimented like routine exactly. and goal towards, you know, excellence in a way. And, mm -hmm. you know, when, when you give an inch and then all of a sudden, yeah, you're like, hey, you're living on your own now. There's boys, yeah. there's parties, there's yeah. the world to experience. And I, I saw it with some roommates of mine. I was you know, isolated in my own way, lived in my bubble my own way, but I always appreciated that, you know, my parents were really about school or about doing other things and being a bit more well-rounded because I had roommates that I'm like, have you ever talked to other people besides dancers? <laughs> like, have you, you weren't allowed to take the train or like- I know, it's pretty shocking, isn't and it? And then you're, yeah. you're supposed to be what, 18 years old, an adult, and then functioning in the world. And then you have yeah. these princess ballerinas running around that are like cute yeah, and flexible and <laughs> trouble. But they've got no idea what's happening in the real world. And yeah, and, and it, but I think maybe the 
new generation, it's better because there's awareness about a lot of things. Now you talk more about problems with mental illnesses and uh, everything to do with, um, yeah, with uh, anorexia, bulimia, mm-hmm. all these things, they didn't really come out at the time they were, so uh, they were happening. And I'm sure they still are, but now people are, yeah, people have a voice and it's more something that we feel more comfortable talking about. And there were all the stigma that they were just, you know, so. Um, it's totally true. Yeah, it's it, good. It, it's good. There's more eyes on mm-hmm. these young people. Now your dance transition. So you went all the way through conservatoire. Can you share yeah. a bit about that transition for yourself out of that? Yeah, the trend. Yeah, the transition was kind of forced for me because I um, I had health issues. Um, I started. I don't know if we need to go into. I can yeah. go into detail. Yeah. This is something I've spoken about before. Um, I had a cyst on my ovaries when I was very young. I never had my periods mm-hmm. because I was exas- uh, you know working out or exercises dancing too much uh, so they were provoked so at 12 years old you, I started having ovaries started taking the pill to start the you know the cycle mm-hmm. and and then I had an operation and then a second operation and then they shortened my tubes and I, I couldn't well I was told that I may not be able to have children mm-hmm. so knowing this um, my mom decided to just uh, put a stop to it. Simple. I, I was I was more than 18, but still she had a good conversation with me. She sat me down. She said, you're also quite bright. So um, I'm not going to, you know, finance or also you. She she was it was quite a difficult uh, time for me. She pulled hard. the plug. It's- yeah and i mean a decision that i'm sure wasn't easy for her too and we get no now i'm a mom i understand a little bit more i it took me a while yeah we get wrapped up in like we love something so much in in our younger teenage years right you're still a teenager and it's Mm -hmm, like you're so hormonal and emotional and the sacrifices um known and unknown that you have to make to be a high performing athlete or performer you know, it seems so glamorous to the outside <laughs> world. Oh, wow, they're dancing. But they're not seeing yeah, that. Yeah, you're developmentally maybe being stunted, whether it's not getting a period. Or, and that's very common for gymnasts and dancers yes. and a- mm. other athletes, runners. And, you know, for your mom to pull the plug and know that there's other parts of your life that she wasn't willing to maybe even condone sacrificing yeah. for you because you weren't maybe ready to even know what you to even think about consider anything that becoming a mother was not even on the yeah on the horizon for me but I think she also wanted me to have um a life that like we just said before that uh involved reading and going to the movies and uh, enjoying life that is not only about dancing I think she had that idea for me she doesn't come from a dance background so it it's she maybe she didn't get it that it was such a passion the fire was Mm -hmm. really there anyway things happened and I stopped and I went on to do um yeah I went business school and a master's degree and I did okay I think you did more than okay (laughs) and you also snagged yourself another person in business school who 
is yeah. not your husband, right? No, well, actually, but I met him cool. when I came to London. No, no, he was, oh, okay, okay. Uh, no, he's, he's he did not distract you, school. good. <laughs> no, it is not, <laughs> oh, the boys distracted me, not him. <laughs> um, no, I met him, um, we're about to celebrate 15 years together. Oh my goodness. So amazing. 13 years married at uh, the end of this month. Wow. Wow, I know. And um, yeah, I met him. I was actually working for Christian Dior for LVMH mm-hmm. in London. Mm-hmm. I was marketing, again, very glamorous on, on paper. Sorry to say. Yeah. But oh, well, fashion. Not that. Yeah. Ooh. And um, yeah, and it was a, also quite a dark time. I'm getting into details because I think my life, all the decisions that I've made in my life, they have a, a starting point. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same for everyone. So there is an explanation for a lot of things. So my dad passed away from cancer uh, two months after, three months after I met my now husband. And I decided to stop Christian Dior and moved to Spain where my mom lives. She was uh, in Seville, my parents were separated. My dad was in Australia and my mom was in Seville and moved to Seville and opened a juice bar because that's what you do. (laughs) You know, I always wanted to have my own business and that probably comes from the business school and the master's degree. And I always had that really, um, that thing for having my own thing. And so I went to open a juice bar and then we opened a second one and it worked in Seville because you've got the fruits there and it was great until we, (laughs) until recession really happened and hit us hard, but then we closed and that was fine. And I was just moving yeah, I was just going back and forth, Seville, London, Seville, London. And then uh, we got married and I worked again in cosmetics and, you know, luxurious products. And then after having my, my first child, my daughter, I started exercising again, starting Pilates a little bit. Um, it's funny because up until that time, I took few dance classes and for me, it was not something that I could do as a hobby. It mm-hmm. had to, it was a passion or nothing. So I never really danced during that time. Yeah. I'm actually with I, you. I don't, I, it was like, I almost like don't want to, part of it's like, I don't want to spoil what it was no. for me. Exactly. And then I, and I think it's, you know, I thought I was the only one to feel this way. I never wanted to go to a dance class. I, it's almost like I respect this art so much and I'm so now so good at it because mm-hmm. I've stopped. I don't want to, if I go back to it, I'll go back to it and you'll yeah. see me and I'll be strong and I can do things. But I didn't want to take like a dance class for a week. I felt really weird about yeah, this. I, same. I took, you know, after college, like I was dancing in New York City and taking classes like all the time, anywhere I could go. And when it was like winding down, when I was starting bar variations and I was like, you know what, I have to really focus my energy here. It was also, you know, generations change. It wasn't my style of dancing anymore. I was a modern dancer. So the teachers that I loved going to weren't around Mm -hmm. anymore. You know, some of the adult classes were like, okay this Mm -hmm. is fine but it's not really the level that I want to be dancing at and then you get in the mindset of like oh I used to be able to do this you know and so well there's a lot of that when you realize how much you've lost and it's okay because you know 
they practice every day hours and hours and then you stop for like years and it's like oh my exactly and some in actually my splits too I had a, a a nice parting I was like you know what the pelvis needs to be more stable in this time of my life I don't think I can drop <laughs> down and do a split for a bit <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, there's, I've always been kind of that person, like, if I do something, I'm doing it all the way. And then if I'm done yeah. with it, I have to like, just kind of put it in its own little box and cherish it that way. And I'm um, the same. I shelf something and then I might yeah. come back to it, yeah. but I don't want to disrespect whatever this was. And it's, it's just the, what it was. That's such a good way mm. to put it. I mean, I see my son, like when I put on music, like I'm love putting on music for him and I love seeing him dance and I've always like joked like I have a boy because if I had a girl I'd be like and you're going to dance school and there's that like that you want to like redo it for you but that's such a bad thing to do and I recognize that I was like oh I know exactly where because my parents weren't artists so like I was like I know exactly where I'd send you I'd know how to do this yeah seeing him now and he is this like perfect little turnout and he like has the beat I'm like moves does he move his hips my son loves such a boy I was like hmm dance scholarships I'm like oh yeah you could go far being a boy and I'm like Michelle like just it can be fun just calm down (laughs) but you know it's funny you say this because I have a daughter my first child is a is a girl and she she likes ballet she loved ballet until the age where girls want to be like their mom and then I think it's when they see that they can't fully compete with the mom at one point there is an age where the 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 girl realizes that first she doesn't have to please her mom mm-hmm. all the time. And then it, she doesn't have to do what her mom does or did. And it, start, it was actually last year. She wanted to enter the Royal Ballet until last year. And Romy actually has always been uh, passionate with art. She's mm-hmm. an, a, a fabulous uh, drawer. She draws like she's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, I can't draw a tree. Simple as that. I can I can barely do a tree. She's incredible, and she actually completely revealed herself. And she she's all about art, and she spends mm. hours, you know, drawing and trying to trying different brushes. And I can see this is what lights a fire. And mm. ballet didn't. Mm-hmm. She was telling me it did, but it actually didn't. She wanted to be like, mommy, please, maybe please, mommy. I'd never forced her, but she, I knew oh, it was for me. It's you so know? natural to do. Yeah, exactly. It, it's such a natural thing. And I'm like, yeah. And it's, I think that's a hard thing as a parent, right? It's like letting, or even as a teacher, like letting your people flourish in the way they're supposed it's to flourish good. yeah I actually it's amazing when it's your own child what you want them is to feel that they don't they don't mind spending hours doing something because they love it so much you actually feel that oh that's how I felt about dancing in my case mm-hmm. but she feels that about a, 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 a pencil and a, a piece of paper and I think it's amazing so but she still does dancing I really insist on the dancing because it's about uh, posture Mm -hmm. discipline and Mm -hmm. she's going to do her grades even if she does what she does I think it's important just about um, consistency just learning about that discipline yeah the commitment I it's hard to I find that it's sometimes easier to like like when I was teaching dance classes like I could say things to my student or impart advice and get them to 
do certain things like listen, pay attention Mm -hmm. that their parents might not be able to do all the time. So it's like you're sending them to get these lessons that they're not always just hearing out of your mouth. And I I do believe like physical activity, sports, group activities are good. Um, I'm with you. I'm like, I don't care what you do. You can't do football because I won't allow you, but (laughs) (laughs) concussions, Um, but I'm like, like, I want that to be a part of life, right. Is movement in in whatever way it it is. Right. And yeah. And the skills of working together or having a commitment or a deadline or a project to achieve too. There's so many more lessons in it than just the activity itself. Right. But it's interesting when you see, um, I think most children have that after maybe they lose it as they grow up, but most children have something that you can see it as a parent. And it's amazing to witness mm-hmm. something that really, yeah, set their soul on fire. You know, they love this. Mm-hmm. And I hope most parents can experience this because this is really interesting. My daughter, it's art for <laughs> at the moment. My son, it's like mostly Beyblades, which I don't know if you know them. They're just like, it's not, it's not a, a passion to be having it. He hasn't found yet what he, he likes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he has. I hope he hasn't because that's not, uh, that's not good. <laughs> I love it. So you have your two kids. When did energy bar body manifest and become the physical space for you right uh five years ago five years ago um i um i combined my love for movement and my love for having my own business doing my own thing it's Mm -hmm. really when i combined both and i i didn't really know what i wanted it to be at first um, but I knew I wanted to really get back into it and get, you know, get stuck in and get that uh, fitness back for me. So it's funny because everything that I do, I follow my need for my age group, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. what I need, what my body needs. Mm-hmm. Let's say I need a, um, a bum a little bit more sculpted. That's yeah. when Booty Blast started last mm-hmm. year. Um, I need to improve my cardio. That's when I started Cardio Blast. I just believe that what I need, most women might need it. And 100%. so I mean, far it has you, worked. Yeah, if <laughs> that's really, I don't know. Else will. Like, I do the same thing. Like, I want to move, so I schedule a class so I know I can also move my body. You get your thing, yeah. And I just feel like when the movement comes through my body and I'm putting it out into a class like I I'm doing what I'm like oh it's cold out okay I'm gonna do more movements that are twisting and a little bit more stretching and warm myself up pretty sure my students are also cold <laughs> pretty sure that they're feeling tight exactly. in the shoulders and so it's sharing your experience through movement I think is the best for me personally it's the more the honest way more for yeah. me and it's what works for me um yeah, and I think we're pretty similar because I think we had a conversation. I have never, ever, and I'm sorry if some bar teachers are listening to this and they don't like what I'm about to say. I have never prepared a class, ever. I've yeah. never put on paper a class. I come into the studio, even my live stream, I have no idea what's going to happen. I know that I, exactly, you listen to music and you get 
going on the music you told me that's but you know because of the conservatoire format for me for example i know that i have to hit all group muscles and it has to be harmonious and it has to be fun mm -hmm. it's pretty much all i know when i enter the studio when i start the class and then i just let it happen yeah I, there's something to be said about that solid foundation right you have your it's amazing formula and like this is why you know dancers are able to do a class, teach a class without thinking about it is because it's instilled into your brain and into your body since you were three years old, right? So just all of that practice doing the same format, there's so much creativity that can come out of it. Like somebody might think like, oh, that's pretty boring, but you're mm -hmm. able to walk in and use your intuition with those elements and with that, those building blocks that you're given. And I'm with you. And your I, mood I, of the day and your, yeah, everything that's happening to you in a day that goes into, if I feel a bit classical one day, you'll see mm -hmm. me moving my arms like a swan. If I want to feel like, I don't know, a hit, I'll do some more, I don't know, um, yeah, I'll jump and just go down on the floor and jump back up. I don't know what's going to happen yeah. most of the time. Yeah, I I like that. You can meet your class where they're at a bit more instead of... Mm spending all of this time figuring out what you're going to do and then you walk in and then it's not what those people need you know it's mm -hmm. not maybe what they need that day and it's hard to deviate if you had a plan now I know you went through your Pilates mat training and having Pilates background myself I found it easy on one end where I had the exact exercise list okay <gasps> memorize the names memorize what to say and you become this little like robot, robot and mm. if you don't have a background in movement in any other way or any intuition of how these things thread and connect together it can be really confining and I'm interested to hear like what you thought about going to something way more because you did classical Pilates. yeah so yeah what was your experience um you know on one side you're this creative flowing mm. teacher and being and then what was it like for you to go into something that was very strict and rigid I don't really enjoy it however however this is important this is how I started doing hundreds of plie every day and I know that this is the way to do something and to really like you said have it engraved in your brain so you can play with it and that is the 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 best um I think the best tip for any teachers is that do it do it do it do it and then have fun with it but you have to do it do it do it do it and then do it and do it again yeah. And yeah, I always get interested when people say like, oh, well, when can I start teaching? I'm like, yesterday? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Whenever you want. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> That's right. Because it is just about doing it. It's about getting your script together, saying exactly what someone else told you to say, keep saying, keep saying, keep saying. And then your personality eventually yeah. will come out of this. Yeah. Because then you start it's like, oh, don't like yeah. that, that word. I can't even pronounce it in my case. Some words, I just can't pronounce them. My, my tongue isn't made for this. So, <laughs> because I'm French, it's like yeah. some words, it's just, it's not natural for me to say them. So I'm going to say something else. I'm even going to throw a little French word in there. Why not? Because it's cute. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I agree. You follow, follow until your personality, you feel confident enough to come out and then 
Yeah, you build that confidence and you also like have those aha moments of like, why am I saying that? That sounds weird coming out of my mouth. Like, I don't like, like, what does that even mean? Like, I just, and then you just start kind of laughing. And like, the greatest is when you're teaching people that are not movers. And I suggest this to everybody, like teach somebody, maybe not in your family, but a friend that's never taken your class. And then you start saying things and they're like, what does in and up mean? Like, what are you talking about? Pull up square? My what? Like, yeah, no, (laughs) I agree. I, it's good. And it's good to have that solid kind of ground. But there is so much around and especially with Instagram and social, all the social media, there's so much about being a teacher and wanting to impress other teachers. Like, I don't do... I don't do the post where you explain how the pelvic, uh, the pelvis, the pelvic moves, and then and then this happened and this happened. Who cares? As long as as long as you are building a strong core for your clients, you're doing all the exercise right. You tell them how to do it safely. Mm-hmm. Boom. And maybe that's why it works. I I use some terms, of course. I use some names because that's what they're called. But I explain to them. They don't care. Don't care. Number one, I love that you put it that way. Teachers are trying to impress other teachers. Oh my goodness, it's crazy. It is so crazy. I'm. There's so much competition in that. I know the word for the femur and for the second rib on the left, like it just, you know, that muscle at the back, like right in your, like, <laughs> what, why, why are you doing yeah. this to me? I think, I think it's great to have that knowledge, but it, it becomes a bit of a performance and a bit of a show in itself to, to validate yourself or to gain approval or to, to say that you're better than someone else. Cause you know, yeah, I have more certification. Okay. Well, that's great. Do okay. you have that thing? It's all about, you know, you don't, it's the same at school. I used to love that teacher. He was amazing. Was he the best teacher in the world? Yes. For me, he was because I love school. Thanks to him. Did he have all the, the degrees and the certification? No, he made me love school. And I think it's about making someone love a discipline and get them hooked on it and you don't ha- they don't have to yeah i'm a hundred percent agree with that it's about we're in this because we want to share we want to help others experience movement in a joyful way so they can live their life more joyfully that's kind of the basic why we're all pretty much this, we're not right? trying to train teachers <laughs> when i'm not no but not everybody you are in it. some of your area but when you teach a class you're trying to make people enjoy what they're doing right like you're as a how, teacher right? of students no like i i no. would i'm not they don't care and it's not some of them maybe want to care sometimes they want to know that they're safe that they're mm-hmm. being taken care of that they're having fun and that they feel good like it's all about that kind of sense yeah. like do how do we exactly. feel and I think we're so caught up in this culture in fitness. It was there before, but now it's more prominent because of social media of like trying to like show off. And now that there's no in-person conferences and it's virtual, I Mm. think it's stripped away a lot of that importance on how many certifications you have and whatnot, because it's like, great, you're paying another company to say, you know, you got the credentials great, that goes so far in your industry. But again, your students don't care that you're so-and-so certified, this certified, you have your CECs here. And now I'm not saying like, don't 
get those things or you don't No, because like we said you need the basics to get started so they are important but we don't have to shout every time we have an opportunity on social media that we know how that bone is called and what i love the most too is the exercises that we see on social media i want to know who's doing those not my clients I mean, I'm lucky if I'm like in a plank for more than series, more than two minutes with them. They're like, okay, we're done. Like, <laughs> bye. See you next week. <laughs> yeah. Now you want I me know. to do what? Like, and it's also yeah, what you were saying before about teaching to your age. Like, you don't have to teach to your age or yourself or to your own group. You can certainly ter- teach to other. Oh yeah, people. absolutely. But with that, I'm not twenty four years old anymore and I'm not teaching 24 year olds so Mm. can I teach 24 year olds to do crazy things yes and I love it because they will do crazy things yeah but I'm you know 34 teaching 54 year olds Mm. they don't want to do what I'm doing either right I know that's funny yeah yeah that's funny you say that because in zoom classes I have all age groups now Mm. but you know what I, what I try to do is give as many modifications as I can. This is easier. This is kind of, you know, 50, 60%. This is if you want to push it like me, because I'm trying to push myself every time, but this is what I want to do guys. Now you come to my class or you don't, but Mm -hmm. these are the modifications, modifications. So you're safe, Mm -hmm. but let's do this. And whether you're 24 or 54 and I understand the modifications are different and they don't, they've had babies and they have different problems. Yeah. Teaching an open level. It's hard on zoom. Yeah. It's hard. And I teach all my classes are open level. I, I mm-hmm. don't have, I mean, what I should say, what I was kind of saying before, I don't have just a young age group. I don't have just an older age no. group. And it's, so it's really hard I think for new teachers to get on social media and think, Oh my God, I'm supposed to be doing all of these crazy choreography things and these crazy exercises. And it's just not the case the competition is, you know, I always say to people like, well, who are you talking to? And who is this serving? Like who's your audience for this message is your, you know, scrolling through Instagram. Yeah. Are there teachers competing with other teachers or are the people engaging their clients and their followers. Yes. And I think that's hard. All my posts of the workout are the classes that I recorded. So I was live streaming. So it's something that I did with my, my clients. Mm-hmm. So when you see little comments, it's because people have done them in the class before. And that's pretty much, I don't have time. Time is quite restricted when you're a mom and you're homeschooling in the UK right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't really like live stream record for the app and also do some recordings for Instagram it goes all in one recording and then I cut and then I add and then I edit or not and it's pretty much me all the time I don't really yeah I don't I don't post for the teachers watching me mm-hmm. if that yeah. makes sense I know and because you know who you're speaking to I mean even with your app your app is serving not your ego it's serving your clientele exactly and i love it yeah and i think that's where a lot of people can get caught up i mean i even had this conversation with my own small but growing team i can call them my team now where i'm revamping some stuff and i said hold up who are we talking to 
it's always the thing in a company yeah who's your audience right yeah and i I don't want to talk to just the home user because i've i've created bar variations as a platform for teachers i'm a teacher Mm -hmm. trainer that teaches other teachers now separately i do host classes for clients but my online platform is for teachers so i'm like this even video library i don't want to just be another like come work out with me this week because I'm not a brick and mortar. I didn't have that fault. I, I knew who I wanted to speak to. So we, I was like, I kind of was like, stop everything. We have to change the language. We have to, this is why they want this membership. This is why they'd want this one, you know? And so, I'm so impressed with you, by the way. I think it's great what you've created and you're so kind and you just listen to everyone. You're really, it's really great what you've created. You can be really, really proud of yourself. There's you. not a lot of people like you in the by world we're navigating it I feel like sometimes I'm like am I just fighting the good fight and why am I doing this but um I think you are it I have to remind myself like it it's yes it's needed it's it's needed because it's something that I didn't find in the beginning of my training and it was not encouraged to be open I invited actually somebody on the podcast and they were like but isn't, aren't we like kind of our, each other's competition? And I listed every, I was like, every person that's come on has a website, has an app, has clients, has, I'm like, I am not your competition. I'm your mm. community member that wants to have a conversation. And mm. I think the more that we can do that as teachers, we can get a lot further and be happier because. Plus there is a lot of people in the world. I mean, so there are clients for everyone. Yeah. I can all, without person, feeling like, the need to feel like competition is healthy as well because it's I mean it's super healthy to yes. be in competition it actually as a teacher it pushes you a little a little bit further and it's yeah, very healthy, healthy competition where you can look at someone be inspired by them and be like oh I really like what they're doing I want to do that I want to do it this way and da, da, da. but when it becomes just the like overwhelming oh you're trying I've had to that like happened. oh like do something what somebody else is doing but it's not really like what you do and I've had that happen in London Mm. a big studio which I will not be naming on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) but I'll tell you you after yes you're I mean you're in a big city and I I have you know the community like what is that like so when you opened energy bar Wait, body now yes. the app like and I know everyone's starting to have an app now which you don't have to have an app listeners no, but it's very expensive no. and it's very time consuming um but you know these bigger you know studios- why I have one we started writing and coding the app two years ago with my husband so we didn't do we didn't know about COVID when we started so that was always been a plan for us right for me we wanted to do this because he's a coder. So I said, okay, why don't we do an app? He's always 10 years ahead. And so two years ago, he was already 10 years ahead. Um, so we started doing it, but in our free time, which we don't have much of because we're parents and he has his own job and I have my own job. And so every night he was coding and I was having, thinking about what I wanted. And he worked more than me for two years. I, my work really started last year when I needed content for the app. Um, but yeah, and so I was the one of the first, I mean, not the first one to launch an app. It's wrong to say this because a no, lot of Peloton and all this. 
first in it your was community to get in my community to launch yeah. one and then everyone has one now and that's fine um and they offer you know you don't lose your community because other people offer the same thing it's the same as a studio class you don't lose your community people follow you they tell you what they like what they don't and then if you're uh, not too arrogant to listen to them then you adapt you know because you don't always get it right we've adapted a few things we're changing we're evolving we're growing with them and th this app is completely led by the community whatever they tell us we try to adapt and change and so there is so yeah i was coming back to yeah this focused 30 minute classes which i was very uh, happy was one of the my booty blast, I think, was the class, the most book by class class in the UK or something. Mm. I was super excited. I thought that yeah. was great. But these classes, those booty blast and upper body blast and core blast were copied by big um, studios in London. And I thought, and they saw me on Instagram and I know the teachers who did it. And I just thought, you know, okay, that's fine. Did I lose any client after having been a little bit angry about this? No, I did not. So it taught me a lesson, actually. You know, they do what they want to do. They throw money at the problems or they fix things or whatever. I'm really doing what I like to do. I need to improve my cardio because I just turned 40. I just launched dance cardio. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, um, yeah, it's pretty much what I do. And I don't know what happens when I turn 50, but uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, it is a blow to the ego. I've had it happen to myself and numerous times it seems um, copy exactly what I'm doing. I mean, listen, I didn't invent the on-demand platform, right? So you know, I kind of peeked around what are other people doing. It was something created out of service to my trainees. And then, you know, it's grown from there, but it, it really hurts when somebody like, because what you said, hurt, throwing, right? throwing money at the problem, you're like, yeah, if I had a million dollar budget, I know I, what I would do with that money. I could mm -mm. throw my money at the problem where as a smaller business entrepreneur, it gets mm -hmm. frustrating because you're just like, oh my God, it took all my extra time and resources exactly. to put this together. And most of it is time, right? You know, if you have mm -hmm. a lot of money, it doesn't it take two time. years to make yeah, it up, right? But it's, it's, it's your time and it's your, it's your creation. You're so personally connected yes. with it. Um, but you're right. It, I mean, it's taught me lessons where it's like, okay, just stay on your path. It's okay. Obviously what you're doing is attractive and worth something if somebody else wants a piece of that pie um yes you know absolutely. and it's yeah and, and it's not my community the people that then they're launching to it's like that then they're not exactly. they're not in my community. i mean that's fine do they know the their clients names when they start a live stream no and we do and that's fine and maybe in those lockdowns people want to be called by their name and that's it you know, that's also where you make the difference. Hi, um, Jackie. Hi, Sophie. How are you this morning? How's the trip? How's the kids? Blah, blah, blah. And it's nothing, but it's a lot, actually. It's a lot. I mean, those connections, even like I, um, when we're recording this, I just had that, the BU Accelerator event and seeing who signed up, I was like, yes, I have people here that took my very first workshop three years ago. I mean, that's success, not yes, the absolutely. number of people coming to all of my things all of the time, right? You know, so it's, yeah, it's definitely, and 
it's a journey, right? I think as, um, mm. It's got its ups and its downs. Exactly. And I'm, I don't love the journey all the time. I like want to be at the destination, <laughs> but then you get there and you're like, okay, what? it's all about the journey. I have to like remind myself, but when yes. you're constantly trying to achieve something or build towards something, we can get so uh, result focused. Um, mm-hmm. Even in, I mean, result focused, look at in fitness where people want quote unquote results, whether that's feeling good, whether that's stronger muscles, whether that's looking at never stops way. though. You have to keep maintaining that never, never stops. stops because mm-hmm. our body is changing for women. I believe our bodies change significantly every five years compared to men where I think it's 10 or more years, their body goes through a major change. So lucky for us, you know, between our periods and then if you have babies or not babies and then menopause, like we're always changing. And so you have to adapt for sure. You have to adapt. Um, So I'm going to, we could talk for a million years, hours and hours. (laughs) I miss you. I can't wait to see you in person, but I have You're coming back to the new studio. You're coming to check out the new studio, right? I can't wait. I've got my son's passport stuff ready. I just have to go and get it like finalized well they have I, to open the borders now right somehow. but I was like I want that so as soon as they do we can fly out I, it's gonna you have probably, to go see your family you yeah need to, it, you mean, it'll probably yeah. be December 2021 I think and that's my prediction since everything's so slow with the it's a date right now. it's a date it's a date um, yeah but my last two segments for you um we kind of touched upon this. So I always do heard at the bar. So something that you've either heard from clients or heard from other people about okay. bar or just kind of maybe a topic that's um, milling around right now, especially maybe during lockdown that, you know, to either be really true or not true. And so like, for example, um, you know, something I hear often is that like, you can't have community online, like in person. <laughs> right not to be true right so it's not true um (laughs) so in the studio what I hear a lot heard at the bar would be does it ever get easier and I say no you get so strong you get stronger so I make it harder for you and that's it so you do get stronger it never gets easier no it doesn't never in my classes anyway (laughs) um online how do you wake up so early consistency so I try I'm trying to teach people my community at least about consistency because I'm very consistent and that's something that I was taught very uh, very early um, especially what we discussed about the conservatoire it's an amazing school for consistency when you don't want when you want to do the workout the least that's when you have to do it the most (laughs) because that will teach you about being consistent being disciplined and some people might not get this. It might, oh my goodness, that sounds horrible to be so harsh on yourself. The endorphin that you release when you wanted to do that workout the least is the most amazing thing. And sometimes after a, a day of homeschooling, I have to go back to the studio and I can, I can be completely honest. It's cold, it's gray, I'm tired. I woke up at five, I taught already one class, came back homeschooling, have to go back to the studio. I have a class, I have people waiting for me. And the thing I think about is they've been sitting on their chairs all day and I have that commitment. And I know that I will feel amazing after that because it's gonna give me so much to me, but also so much to them. And, you know, some people get great pleasure in giving good to people. And I think that's why we're teachers as well. It's, you know, you're improving someone's life. 
Yeah, um, it's, consistency. It's, it really how do you wake up at five? <laughs> because day, I want, uh, I want to show up for myself. Exactly. Yeah. Showing up for yourself is huge because then it, it, it trickles down through the rest of your day. So, you know, something I struggle with, you know, being a new yeah. mom is the consistency yes. of no sleep. And I am, you know, not a regimented person, but my days were pretty much, I got up early, I worked out, I was able to take a walk at some point, be outside, do my work. Like everything was kind of like in its place. Mm -hmm. And now when it's like awry, I'm like, ah, like, I, and I know I'm like, okay, I'm striving to get back to that consistency because I know it yeah. makes me feel so much better and it sets my day up so I can enjoy the other things. Then I don't have to be like, oh, I have to work out. No, I work out because yes. then I can enjoy and be happy the rest of the day. <laughs> I know, dude. It's a pleasure that the end of that, that kick is just something else. Totally. And then our clients are coming in. That's an hour for them that they get to spend time themselves moving their body feeling good so it um I'm with you it's key 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 and then my last little segment question <laughs> for you the uh is what's in your bar the bar and this is expanded to <laughs> all kinds of things where it's a snack bar you know my non-drinkers are it's like the coffee tea I'm bar. a drinker I'm yeah. a drinker babe I'm a drinker. Um, I'm French. From the, yeah, I was going to say, you're French. How, like... um, I love champagne, but I don't drink it. Like on the weekend, it's not what I drink. I drink, I still drink it on a special occasion or when we have it. Yeah, a special occasion. We've achieved something with the app or it's a birthday celebration or I won't buy a 40 or 50 pounds bottle of champagne every weekend. It's not me. Um, I like wine. I'm boring. It's boring. Um, I like a cocktail when I go out. I would easily have a gin and tonic if you take me out. But at home, you will find wine in my bar, B-A-R. Yes, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you. <laughs> a lot of it, actually. <laughs> at the moment, a lot of it. Um, no, I'm in fitness. I enjoy all things. And I think that's what probably my mom, must, she must be smiling now because this is probably what she was trying to achieve when she asked me to start dancing. She wanted me to enjoy all things. There you go. Which I do now well-rounded i love it well thank you so much for sharing thank you here i love it. Uh, thank you so much for asking me to be on your podcast i think you're amazing and if i can say anything if anyone wants to have a good training but also fun training because you're a super fun person and i can't uh, imagine learning something when you're not having fun and enjoying it it won't stick you know, oh, I know when you, you experienced my first hybrid live stream and in-person training talk about four I did and it was super fun did they enjoy it yes they did because it was fun and you know people are things happen and there's technical problems what it doesn't matter when you see someone's passion and you see that someone is fun and is full of knowledge and you kind of want to follow them and do what they do thank you well let everyone know how to find and follow you and make sure that they do so you're on instagram as instagram so um i got my account back yeah. so yeah um nrg is the main account now the account for the app is nrg barbody at home all one word and the app the link is in bio you can in the bio you can find me yeah and your website <laughs> I'm sure is all energy bar body yes please yes. go find and follow natalie thank you guys 
Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you'd like to write into this podcast, send an email to info at barvariations.com. You can follow us all over social media at Bar Variations, and you can also visit the website at www.barvariations.com, where you can find show notes, archived episodes, and more. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.